I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading covers 2 Kings chapters 24 and 25 and 2 Chronicles 36, which is the compatible chapter. Beginning with 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 1, these verses, by the way, are also found in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 31 through 33, which aren't part of today's reading. But 2 Chronicles 36, verse 1. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. Jehoahaz was twenty and three years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And the king of Egypt put him down at Jerusalem and condemned the land in an hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. After Josiah's death in battle against the Pharaoh of Egypt, the people selected his third son, Jehoahaz, as their king over Judah. But he's evil right from the beginning. At just 23 years old, the Egyptian Pharaoh takes him captive and appoints his older brother, Jehoiakim, as the new king of Judah. During this period of time, Jerusalem was held and taxed by Egypt. That takes us to 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 1-7. through 7. And then the compatible passage of Scripture in Chronicles is 2 Chronicles 36, verses 4 through 8. First, 2 Chronicles 24. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldeans, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants, the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did. And also for the innocent blood that he shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers, and Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his stead. And the king of Egypt came not again any more out of his land, for the king of Babylon had taken from the river of Egypt unto the river of Euphrates all that pertained to the king of Egypt. Now we're going to be looking at Second Chronicles 36, verses 4 through 8, which talks about the same instance. And the king of Egypt made Eliakim his brother, king over Judah and Jerusalem, and turned his name to Jehoiakim. And Necho took Jehoahaz, his brother, and carried him to Egypt. And Jehoiakim was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and his abominations which he did and that which was found in him, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his stead.
Now for some comments on these passages. After Josiah, who reigned from 640 to 609, there wasn't another good king of Judah. Jehoahaz, in 2 Kings 23, was Josiah's son and became Josiah's successor as king of Judah. Why Josiah's third son, you might ask? Well, 2 Chronicles 36.1 says, Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. Apparently, the people of Judah saw more hope in him than the other sons. However, Jehoahaz only reigned three months before he was deposed by Pharaoh Necho from the throne, and he was carried away prisoner into Egypt where he died in captivity. Pharaoh Necho placed Jehoiakim, whose name was originally Elika before Pharaoh changed his name, he placed him on the throne of Judah. He served from 609 to 598 and was Josiah's second son. He was two years older than Jehoahaz. He was there as a puppet king of, uh, and subject to the Egyptians. Subsequently, Egypt and Judah were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army. In the process, Jehoiakim was captured. He was prepared for the trip back to Babylon, but we do not know whether he was actually deported. This is the same time at which Daniel and his friends were taken to Babylon as well. Subsequently, Jehoiakim served as the puppet king and subject to the Babylonians. That's where we pick up the story here in 2 Kings chapter 24. Jehoiakim rebels against the Babylonians after three years. Jeremiah didn't have much use for Jehoiakim either. We see that in his prophecies in Jeremiah 22 and Jeremiah 36. His death is not well documented in the scripture. We are only told in 2 Kings 24, 6 that Jehoiakim slept with his fathers. In 2 Chronicles 36, 2, we are told that Nebuchadnezzar bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. But we aren't told that he actually made the trip to Babylon. However, the historian Josephus claimed that Jehoiakim met a violent death when he was thrown over the wall of Jerusalem right before the besieging Babylonian army to convince them that he was dead. Jehoiakim is succeeded by his son Jehoiakim, but only for three months. Incidentally, it should be noted in 2 Kings 24.3, that which we already knew when it says, Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he did. King Manasseh, who had reigned from 695 to 642 B.C. over Judah, had indulged in such atrocities during his reign that Judah was still paying the price. Even during the good reign of Josiah from 640 to 609, it was reported in 2 Kings 23, verse 26, the following, Notwithstanding, the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah because of all the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him withal. Now we read in 2 Kings 24, verse 8, about Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months, and his mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. The compatible passage of scripture in Second Chronicles is found in chapter 36, verses 9 and 10, reading those verses. 
Jehoiakim was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And when the year was expired, King Nebuchadnezzar sent and brought him to Babylon with the goodly vessels of the house of the Lord, and made Zedekiah his brother king over Judah and Jerusalem. Now for the comments in 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 8. It reports that Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king after his father Jehoiakim's death. In 2 Chronicles 36, 9, it says that he was just eight. We have no way of knowing for certain, but perhaps the answer lies in 2 Chronicles 36, 6. There we are told regarding Jehoiakim, against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound to him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. If Jehoiakim was actually taken to Babylon for a period of time and then returned later to his throne, it makes sense that his son Jehoiakim, at just eight years of age, was regarded as the co-regent in his father's absence. Direct descendants were regarded as kings at any age. Furthermore, since there would have been no way of knowing whether or not Jehoiakim would ever return from Babylon, the people very likely regarded him as the new king after Jehoiakim's deportation. However, Jehoiakim did return, and upon doing so, resumed his role as king and perhaps shared the title with his son until his death. That would also lend understanding to how it could be determined that Jehoiakim was so evil after just three months. Jehoiakim only has a three-month rule before he's deposed and taken to Babylon to live out the rest of his life. He was accompanied by his fellow government officials and his mother and also his wives, Jehoiakim had a couple of aliases in the Bible, Jeconias in Matthew chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and sometimes he's called that in Jeremiah as well. Just as Coniah is another of his names in Jeremiah 22, 24 through 27. In Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar imprisoned him for 37 years. We see that in Jeremiah 52, verses 31 through 33. Upon Nebuchadnezzar's death, his successor, evil Merodach, freed Jehoiakim and permitted him to occupy a place in the king's household and sit at his table, receiving every day a portion until the death, all the days of his life. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 52, verses 32-34. Then we find the occasion in 2 Kings chapter 24 where Jerusalem is captured, beginning now reading with verse 10. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants and his princes and his officers, and the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign. And he carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And he carried away all Jerusalem, and all the princes, and all the mighty men of valor, even ten thousand captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths, none remained save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon, and the king's mother, and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty of the land, those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. 
and all the men of might, even seven thousand, and craftsmen and smiths, a thousand, all that were strong and apt for war, even them the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. Jehoiakim doesn't put up a fight when the Babylonian army comes knocking at the gate of Jerusalem. He just lets them in. They take everything of value. They also transport all the influential and skilled people in Jerusalem back to Babylon, including Jehoiakim, just as it had been prophesied by Jeremiah in Jeremiah 22, verses 24 through 27. This deportation system had been used by the Assyrians before, and now by the Babylonians. They immediately, upon conquering a nation, got the movers and shakers out of the land so as to destroy the national pride of the people. That just left the poor people, we see in verse 14. Subsequently, they typically would bring the influential people in from other parts of their empire to inhabit their newly conquered land. In this case, it was Judah and Jerusalem. For a comprehensive look at the fall of Jerusalem, consult the notes that are written on Jeremiah chapter 52. Then we have another king, Zedekiah, who's a puppet king of Babylon, and of course, he's evil too. We'll read first of all the king's account, which is in 2 Kings 24, beginning with verse 17. And the king of Babylon made Mataniah, his father's brother, king in his stead, and changed his name to Zedekiah. And Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hamatal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For through the anger of the Lord it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah, until he had cast them out from his presence, that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now the same occasion found in Second Chronicles chapter 36, beginning with verse 11. Zedekiah was one and twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And he had also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from the turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen, and polluted the house of the Lord which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes, and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Zedekiah was Jehoiakim's uncle. He was the last living son of Josiah. He's appointed the puppet king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar. We see in 2 Chronicles 36.10 that Zedekiah in the King James Version is, is called Jehoiakim's brother, but the Hebrew word ach used there can be translated brother or kinsman. We see here in 2 Kings 24.17 that Zedekiah was in fact Jehoiakim's uncle. After 11 years of this puppet king thing, Zedekiah rebels against Babylon 
And there were lots of warnings to Zedekiah, but he wouldn't listen to Jeremiah or any of the other messengers God had sent. Second Chronicles 36.16 says, But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. I find it interesting in Second Chronicles 36.13 uh, this. It says, And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar. Now listen to this closely. Who had made him swear by God... Then it goes on, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning into the Lord God of Israel. Apparently, Nebuchadnezzar knew how special Jewish oaths were, or at least were supposed to be. Two chapters of the law are dedicated to the fulfillment of oaths or vows. That's found in Leviticus 27 and Numbers chapter 30. Both of these are dedicated to the Hebrew concept and the law of Moses of keeping your vows. Moreover, Israel had suffered at the hand of God for Saul's disregard of oaths during his reign as outlined in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1-14. through 14. Zedekiah apparently had made an oath with Jehovah in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar that he would not rebel, but he changed his mind. And that explains why, by the way, Jeremiah, through his prophetic ministry to Zedekiah, was continually telling Zedekiah that he should uh, surrender. And why? Because he had made an oath before God, and uh, he'd made that oath with the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Now it's time to uh, get a look at Nebuchadnezzar, beginning in 2 Kings chapter 25, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all his host against Jerusalem, and pitched against it, and they built forts against it round about. And the city was besieged unto the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. And on the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city, and there was no bread for the people of the land. And the city was broken up, and all the men of war fled by night, by the way of the gate between two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldeans were against the city round about, and the king went the way toward the plain. And the army of the Chaldees pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon, to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him, and they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and bound him with fetters of brass, and carried him to Babylon. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which is the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. And he burnt the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burnt he with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans that were with the captain of the guard break down the walls of Jerusalem round about. Now the rest of the people that were left in the city, and the fugitives that fell away to the king of Babylon, with the remnant of the multitude, did Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carry away. But the captain of the guard left of the poor of the land to be vine dressers and husbandmen. And the pillars of brass that were in the house of the Lord, and the bases and the brazen sea that was in the house of the Lord, did the Chaldeans 
brake in pieces, and carried the brass of them to Babylon. And the pots and the shovels and the snuffers and the spoons and all the vessels of brass wherewith they ministered took them away. And the fire pans and the bowls and such as were of gold and gold and of silver and silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea and the bases which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the brass of all these vessels were without weight. And the height of one pillar was eighteen cubits, and the chapter upon it was brass, and the height of the chapter three cubits, and the wreathen work, and the pomegranates upon the chapter round about, all of brass. And like unto these had the second pillar with the wreathen work. And the captain of the guard took Sarah, the chief priest, and Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three keepers of the door. And out of the city he took an officer that was set before the men of war and five men of them that were in the king's presence which were found in the city and the principal scribe and the host which mustered the people of the land and threescore men of the people of the land that were found in the city and Nebuzaradan captain of the guard took these and brought them to the king of Babylon to Riblah and the king of Babylon smote them and slew them at Riblah in the land of Hamath so Judah was carried away out of their land. Our compatible passage in Second Chronicles 36 begins with verse 17. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees, who slew the young men with a sword in the house of the sanctuary, and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God, and broke down the wall of Jerusalem, and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons, until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, for as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. The fall of Jerusalem and capture of Zedekiah is also seen in Jeremiah chapter 39. Nebuchadnezzar is not at all happy that Zedekiah won't continue to be his puppet king over Judah. He brings his army and blocks off the city from the outside world, causing great famine in Jerusalem. The king and his men of war fled the city, but were not able to escape without Babylonian pursuit. Zedekiah was captured. So what do you do to your rebel king when he flexes his muscles like that? Nebuchadnezzar makes Zedekiah watch the slaughter of his sons just before his eyes are gouged out. Think about the last image that Zedekiah saw before he was blinded. He then takes him captive and blind back to Babylon. Then the Babylonians return to take away the rest of Judah's influential people, presumably those they'd missed before, leaving only the very poor folks in Judah. They even take portions of the structure of the temple back to, back to Babylon, along with some of the sacred temple furniture. One last sweep of Judah brings forth a few more of Judah's leaders before Nebuchadnezzar, including Sarah the chief priest and Zephaniah the second priest, along with the three keepers of the door. He kills them too. 
This gives a special notice to 2 Chronicles 36.21. It says, To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. Jeremiah had prophesied that the exile from the land would last 70 years, and that's what this verse is talking about. Then we see in 2 Kings chapter 25, beginning with verse 22, that Gedaliah becomes the governor of Judah. And as for the people that remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left, even over them he made Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, ruler. And when all the captains of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, there came to Gedaliah to Mizpah, even Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and Johanan, the son of Korea, and Sariah, the son of Tanhumeth, the Netophathite, and Jaazaniah, the son of a Maacathite, they and their men. And Gedaliah sware to them and to their men, and said unto them, Fear not to be the servants of the Chaldees. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. But it came to pass in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the seed royal, came and ten men with him, and smote Gedaliah that he died, and the Jews and the Chaldees that were with him at Mizpah. And all the people, both small and great, and the captains of the armies arose and came to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldees. Well, now there are no more kings of Judah. Just a governor appointed by Nebuchadnezzar, also recorded in Jeremiah chapter 40. This governor, Gedaliah, gets a surprise visit from some men, described as from royal seed, who murder him and subsequently flee to Egypt. This event is also detailed in Jeremiah chapter 41. Then we see that Je Jehoiakim finally catches a break in 2 Kings 25. We'll start reading here in verse 27. And it came to pass in the seventh and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the twelfth month on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, did lift up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, out of prison. And he spake kindly to him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, and changed his prison garments, and he did eat bread continually before him all the days of his life. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day, all the days of his life. Whatever happened to old Jehoiakim? Well, remember back in 2 Kings 24, verses 10 through 16, he was captured by the Babylonian army back then and taken to Babylon. He was only king for three months, but Nebuchadnezzar kept him in prison for 37 years. Evil Merodach follows Nebuchadnezzar, releases Jehoiakim from prison, gives him an allowance, and has him over for dinner every day. I guess evil loves evil. Jeremiah also records this release of Jehoiakim in Jeremiah chapter 52, verses 31 through 34. We get a preview of the book of Ezra here in 2 Chronicles chapter 36. We begin reading here in verse 22. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdom of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. These two verses here in Second Chronicles are essentially the same as the first two verses of the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra is a continuation of the storyline found in First and Second Chronicles. These verses give us a running start into Ezra, and of course Ezra is credited with having written First and Second Chronicles as well as the book of Ezra. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.